Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. No, I am not starting with Herschel Walker's erection election. This is a serious... Oh, who in the hell am I fooling? Well, first of all, this election is more than Herschel Walker. This election is about the people. More on that erection later. The serious stuff first. Yes, Trump Wednesday had about as bad a day as one can have in court and not be Al Pacino from the movie And Justice for All. And let's go all through that in a moment, too. But I have been obsessing first about the new Trump special counsel, Jack Smith, and a profile in The Washington Post that seemed to confirm my worst suspicions and worst fears that he was appointed to run out the clock and to shield Merrick Garland from being accused of running out the clock. Quoting, Jeffrey Cortese, who served as the acting chief of the FBI's public corruption unit in 2011 when Smith was his Justice Department counterpart supervising the public integrity section, writes the Post, said he did not see Smith as quick acting or effective in prosecuting public officials. Quoting Cortese, 
At that time, it was understood that the fastest way for a case to die was to give it to the public integrity section. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, it's Mueller again, only with Mueller as an active participant in the whitewash and the cover-up, quoting Cortese again. The frequency with which they declined investigative techniques and prosecutions was often a point of conflict between the FBI and the Justice Department. When Jack was in charge, assuming a similar series of facts or a similar situation, I'd be surprised that public integrity section would even allow the case to be opened, Cortese said. So it makes me wonder why he'd want anything to do with the case today. I mean, that's it, isn't it? That is the worst case scenario. But despite the panoply of assessments from lawyer after lawyer and analyst after analyst buttressing the common sense logic that you would only appoint a special counsel if you were going to prosecute and you needed a buffer to make it look apolitical. No, this Jeffrey Cortese insisted that Jack Smith was where good, solid criminal cases went to be covered up with the implication that he was there not to prosecute Julius Sleazier, but to bury his crimes. But Google is always there for us. This Jeffrey Cortese and the three scoffing paragraphs and the 178 cynical words the Washington Post gave Jeffrey Cortese turn out to be the best endorsement Jack Smith could possibly get. Jeffrey Cortese identifies himself as a nonpartisan analyst Yet he is a frequent guest on Fox News. He insists he has no respect for politicians, yet he also insists a corrupt ex-president should not be prosecuted just like anybody else. And his links on Twitter are all to the New York Post and not in an ironic, my God, people actually believe this is a newspaper way. And he dismisses congressmen and senators and governors and candidates as, quote, political fanatics. And then it turns out all the people he thinks are political fanatics happen to be Democrats. And he defends Elon Musk and he has a Twitter blue check mark because he paid Elon Musk $8 for it. So with Jeffrey Cortese's unintentional endorsement of Jack Smith and the right's hilarious complaint that Smith may not be impartial because his wife donated to Biden's 2020 campaign and produced a documentary about Michelle Obama... And Congressman Andy Clyde says that means America has a corrupt, two-tiered justice system. And who's going to tell him about Jenny Thomas? All that constitutes the good Jack Smith special counsel news. The bad Jack Smith special counsel news is that according to the same Post piece, Smith is still in Europe. Partly because he's still prosecuting war crimes at The Hague. Partly because the Post's experts believe an essential part of his role will be finding somebody anybody to find him office space in D.C. and partly because he had a bike accident and knee surgery and he can't travel yet. Can't travel. Immobilized. Forced to stay in just one place. This, after all, is the goal for Trump. And it seems we did move closer to it in five different areas Wednesday. After three years, the way was finally cleared for the IRS to give the House Ways and Means Committee his tax returns. The Supreme Court tersely refused to block it. Unsigned opinion, no published dissents, so Trump doesn't even know which of his legal prostitutes to demand his money back from. The problem remains that in 41 days, the chairmanship of that committee changes from Democrat Richard Neal to probably Republican Byrne Buchanan. And we don't know how the Republicans will try to put Trump's returns back into the toothpaste tube. We only know that they will do so. 
We also know that the Democrats who currently run Ways and Means will try to get information from those tax returns out in some way, either via the mandatory presidential tax return audit program or some quickly prepared and approved public report by the committee next month that could focus on anything from how Trump got $73 million worth of refunds to what foreign banks he has borrowed from to discrepancies between what he said about his net worth or the value of his companies and what he put in his tax returns to whether or not he actually paid his taxes or has ever made an actual charitable donation in his life to anything except the Ivana Trump Memorial Scholarship Fund for caddies at Bedminster. At minimum, there is hope here that the court's ruling could also pave the way for any one of several Senate committees still under Democratic control next year to get all or part of Trump's tax returns. Meanwhile, back to the Jack Smith nuclear kleptomania case and the questions from the three-judge appeals panel from the 11th Circuit, which yesterday pretty much established that the judges believed the decision to appoint a special master to review the documents Trump stole was not merely a bad one, but an unprecedentedly bad one, and that the question is how quickly that panel will rule against Trump. Meantime, Lindsey Graham testified for two hours to the Georgia grand jury investigating Trump's attempt to falsify the election results there, which just increases the likelihood that everybody else the DA Fannie Willis wants to grill, like Mark Meadows and Michael Flynn, will wind up having to address the scheme as well. Not enough legalities for you? New York City now thinks it might be able to restart the Stormy Daniels hush money case against Trump, but to do so, they would have to have new evidence, and to get new evidence, they'd almost have to get it from former Trump CFO Alan Weisselberg, and so far Weisselberg has not yet flipped, unless there is something they know about in the Manhattan DA's office that the rest of us don't. But wait, there's more. You know the E. Jean Carroll lawsuit against Trump? Nah, no, no, that's the first E. Jean Carroll lawsuit against Trump for defamation. This is the second E. Jean Carroll lawsuit against Trump for sexual assault and battery. And that is going to be filed in New York on Thursday because that is when the one-year window opens for victims here to sue their abusers no matter when the assault occurred in the past. Thursday? Thanksgiving? Yes, Thanksgiving. And my holiday gift to you will be... I'll leave you to make your own Trump turkey jokes here. Well, first of all, this election is more than Herschel Walker. This election is about the people. Still ahead, yeah, you weren't dreaming. You heard it. Asked about the latest revelations from the woman he pressured into an abortion, the one he says he's never met and doesn't know, he referred to the upcoming Georgia erection with an R. Oh, Herschel. More trouble at the World Cup as Lionel Messi's Argentina team loses to Lionel Messi's Saudi Arabia employers. And for some of us, the World Cup itself means two other words. Soccer breakdown. The most beloved outtake in ESPN's history, complete with Gianluca Pagliuca, Rigobert Bayanhang's song, and of course, Gary Miller. If you've never heard, you must hear. And if you have heard it a hundred times, you must hear my annotated version anyway in three, two, one. That's next. This is Countdown. Countdown. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. Still ahead on Countdown, Lionel Messi's Saudi Arabia team upsets his Argentina team at the World Cup, and oh boy, do they have an ethical problem there, even for soccer. Speaking of soccer, it's the famous soccer breakdown tape starring Gary Miller, Gianluca Pagliuca, and Rigobert Bianang Song, and annotated by me, coming up. First, in each edition of Countdown, we feature a dog in need you can help. Every dog has its day to Wilmington, North Carolina, and poor Max. Max is a senior, his human died, and as often happens under those circumstances, he completely shut down. But the Great Dane Friends of Rough Love found him a foster. The foster helped Max to play and be happy again, and then came the limp and the x-rays and the diagnosis of bone cancer. The good news is dogs like Max often respond better to oncology treatment than people do, plus it's cheaper, plus if he needs an amputation, he can handle it. In short, 
Great Dane Friends needs donations to help Max. Only about 1200 bucks short of their goal on Cuddly. You can find Max there on Cuddly or on my Twitter feeds. And a retweet of his bio will also help him. I thank you, and Max thanks you. Postscripts to the news, some headlines, some updates, some snark, some predictions, some story from Atlanta, Dateline Atlanta. Yeah, he really said it. Herschel Walker, flanked by Ted Cruz and a visibly startled Lindsey Graham, talking to the nodding head doll of Fox News, Sean Hannity, after a second woman who says Herschel Walker got her pregnant and pressured her to get an abortion, revealed that he had threatened suicide if she didn't abort their child. They interviewed Herschel live. It's always a dangerous thing, especially if Dr. Freud is in the neighborhood. Well, first of all, this election is more than Herschel Walker. This election is about the people. Electile dysfunction. He's fading at the polls. He's now no better than a schlong shot. Okay, let's hear it again. Well, first of all, this election is more than Herschel Walker. This election is about the people. Well, first of all, this election is more than Herschel Walker. This election is about the people. Well, first of all, this election is more than Herschel Walker. This election is about the people. Well, first of all, this election is more than Herschel Walker. This election is about the people. I'm sorry, it's well, my ringtone now. Is more than Erection, you say. What an idiot. Walker also insists he does not know the woman in question, which makes the recorded phone call between them that she produced yesterday kind of strange. Plus the answering machine message in which Walker says, this is your stud farm calling, you big sex puppy, you. The woman has challenged Walker to meet her face to face about the abortion. And he claims didn't happen because he never met her and doesn't know who she is before the Georgia runoff. There is no comment. Well, yeah, there was kind of a comment. Well, first of all, this election is more than Herschel Walker. This election is about the people. Dateline New York, the Associated Press thought it had settled a controversy when it fired investigative reporter James Laporta. It was his source who said that a Russian missile had hit Polish territory last week when, in fact, it was Ukrainian defensive rockets that hit Poland. The inaccuracy could have triggered a NATO Article 5 action or worse. In fact, the AP has merely traded one scandal for another. Associated Press Slack messages, their internal dialogue, shows that Laporta merely advised European desk editor Laura Leff that he had an American intelligence source who he noted had been vetted by an AP executive who said it was a Russian missile. The editor, Leff, asked Laporta if he could write it up, quote, as an urgent, and Laporta's reply was, no, I'm actually at a doctor's appointment. What I passed is all I know at the moment. Three minutes later, with Laporta not on the story and no other sources coming forward, the editor, Leff, sent the alert out anyway. And Laporta got fired? In September 1980, I had a minor argument with my boss at United Press International, and his boss came back from lunch at that moment, completely misunderstood what had happened, and fired me on the spot. I was back at work 48 hours later because A, the boss was also completely drunk, B, he had no cause to do anything to me, nor right to, and C, the Wire Service Guild, which is now the News Media Guild, which represented UPI and still represents the AP, 
wasn't much on getting this money, but it was tenacious against capricious behavior by executives. Seems like Laporta and the Guild have a huge case against the Associated Press, which completely scapegoated him. Dateline Brasilia. Remember all the grudging respect for Brazilian fascist Jair Bolsonaro for having not challenged his loss in the presidential election? Premature jocularity, everybody. Yesterday, Bolsonaro challenged because uh, machines, audits, uh, invalidate, and how do you say my pillow in Portuguese? And Dateline Louisville, no change in the James Comer scandal. He is the incoming chairman of the House Oversight Committee and has promised investigations of Joe and Hunter Biden, but will not comment on whether or not he'll investigate the claims of his own college girlfriend, Marilyn Thomas, that he hit her that he threatened her life, that he called her mother and threatened Marilyn's life, and he tried to cover up his own role in the abortion of their child by trying to force Ms. Thomas to not use his name on any of the paperwork. This is SportsCenter. Wait, check that. Not anymore. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. In sports, this World Cup has really had everything. Homophobia, threats against players who wanted to protest homophobia, charging fans $22,000 to drink alcohol at the games, and now... Wow. Argentinian star Lionel Messi signed a huge deal last May to promote tourism to Saudi Arabia. And the centerpiece to the Saudi's tourism plan is called Vision 2030. And Vision 2030 is centered on Saudi Arabia's bid for the 2030 World Cup. So Messi, a player for Argentina in this World Cup, is also being paid by Saudi Arabia in its efforts to win the rights to host that World Cup. And yesterday, Saudi Arabia upset Argentina at two to one. In fact, Messi and Argentina blew a one nothing lead in that game. This is already considered one of the greatest upsets in World Cup history. Messi's team losing to Messi's employer. Oops. Thank you, Nancy Faust. This was a big enough deal in Saudi Arabia that some workers were rewarded today with the day off. In fact, all workers got the day off. 100% of the country has the day off in Saudi Arabia. Presumably, this includes Saudi employee Lionel Messi. Baseball, the Athletic reports a twist on the Philadelphia Phillies' unexpected National League title, even though they kind of disappeared while up 2-1 to one in the World Series and have not been heard from since. Veteran coach Rob Thompson took over as manager on June 3rd of last season, and that turns out to be about just about four months after he had decided that 2022 was going to be his last year in baseball. He was going to retire. He has now changed his mind. And I have another sports story. As I mentioned yesterday, we are now 59 years removed from the Kennedy assassination, which means that Thursday the 24th is the anniversary of the day the National Football League played its regular schedule anyway, even though the president of the United States had been murdered 48 hours earlier. I was told a story about this that I have never found a second source for, but I cannot imagine that my first source made it up or got it wrong My first boss in television at CNN Sports was named Bill McPhail. 
He had been the president of CBS Sports and the way they televise NFL games then and now, which built pro football in this country. He and the commissioner, Pete Rozelle, pretty much designed that. Rozelle is in the Football Hall of Fame. Bill McPhail's brother and father are in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Anyway, Bill McPhail and Rozelle also thought football in primetime was the next best, best thing, and they developed Monday Night Football for CBS, but it did not do better in the ratings than the Beverly Hillbillies rerun did on CBS. So CBS fired McPhail, and ABC got Monday Night Football. Anyway, Rozelle and McPhail were great friends and based in New York, and so on Sunday, November 24, 1963, according to Bill, he and Roselle went to Yankee Stadium together to watch the Giants and the St. Louis Cardinals right after the Kennedy assassination. Within weeks, Roselle would say he was mistaken to not have canceled the games that day. Twenty years later, in an interview, he told me it was the greatest mistake of his life. But Roselle was right about one thing. Despite the assassination, despite the grief, despite Lee Harvey Oswald being shot on live national television 40 minutes before the kickoff of all the NFL games... Attendance for those games was normal, down maybe 500 or 1,000 per game. There were 68,000 fans at Yankee Stadium for the Giants game that day. But Bill McPhail told me that during halftime of that game, a man appeared at their seats and asked Roselle, are you Pete Roselle? And when Roselle confirmed it, he, without a word, punched Roselle in the face. He said nothing. He walked away. McPhail said he moved to follow the man, but Roselle stopped him and said, Don't. I know how he feels. Ahead, it's World Cup time, which for some of us can only mean one thing. It's soccer breakdown time. The annotated version of an ESPN classic coming up. First, the daily roundup of the miscreants, morons, and Dunning-Kruger effect specimens who constitute today's worst persons in the world. Three, two, one. The bronze, Ashley Parker of the Washington Post. She stepped in it big time. A New York Times reporter was whining on Twitter that she had a scoop about Vogue getting exclusive coverage of the wedding at the White House over the weekend, but the press office had waved her off her story. Well, Ms. Parker jumped in and won the Both Sidesism Award for the day, probably the week, maybe the month. Quoting, I spent four years covering the Trump White House and two years covering the Biden White House. What's fascinating is that they both lie, albeit in very different ways. Trump team was shameless, whereas Biden team is too cute by half. Ms. Parker got kind of, you know, ratioed. At last look, it was 10,800 to 2,353 to 1,259 likes. So she clarified. Quote, to be clear, not all lies are created equal, and the magnitude, frequency, and audacity is certainly different, but the Biden White House, for example, has also waved us off correct reporting about Biden's SCOTUS pick, his Egypt trip, attendees in private meetings, etc. Ms. Parker then got re-ratioed. At last look, 4,093 to 519 to 332 likes, which is actually worse than the first ratio. She has not tweeted since. The runner-up, Catherine Herridge of CBS News. 
well, really a Fox News, but now inexplicably she appears on CBS. She is back with her, quote, scoops, unquote, which are actually just leaks handed to her by Republican politicians. The latest, quote, CBS News has obtained data from a laptop purported to have belonged to Hunter Biden. The data came directly from the source who said they provided it to the FBI under subpoena. In other words, Harridge and CBS have no idea if it's Hunter Biden's laptop or if it's the correct contents of whosever laptop it is or if it's just Charlie Rose's underwear. But they let Catherine Harridge put it on the air anyway. The joke ultimately may be on CBS because this headline from a Washington newspaper, House GOP targets Hunter Biden, but voters say priorities are wrong. That is not from the Washington Post. It is from the right wing Washington Examiner, and it makes a huge deal out of the morning consult poll that shows that even among Republicans, only 52 percent are interested in investigating the president's son. This is the most reasonable thing the Republicans have done in a poll this year. Decade. But our winner, Stu Peters, the right-wing nut job and producer of the alleged documentary Died Suddenly, which purports to tell the untold saga of people who died suddenly after getting vaccinated against COVID-19 and shows video of when they died suddenly. The website The Real Truther points out that at least four people shown in the film collapsing, who the producers like Stu Peters say died suddenly, included Kansas State basketball player Keontae Johnson and comedian Heather McDonald, and they all four turn out to have not died at all, let alone died suddenly, and they've not even gotten sick or injured, and none of them were filmed just after they got vaccinated. I mean, Heather McDonald just put out a new edition of her podcast yesterday, and Keontae Johnson had 14 points Monday against Rhode Island, so they're both doing surprisingly well for having just died suddenly. Stu, remember, if you alter the pronunciation of my name just slightly, it becomes Stupeders Peters, whose credibility died suddenly. Today's worst person in the world. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. To the number one story on the countdown and my favorite topic, me and things I promised not to tell. You may enjoy this one enough to keep a copy. Happy holidays. I mentioned soccer's World Cup being played during the late autumn for the first time. For everybody who worked at ESPN during the 1994 World Cup held here in the United States from mid-June to mid-July, that phrase, the World Cup, means only one thing. Soccer breakdown. Gary Miller was one of the backbones of SportsCenter. I had worked with him at CNN. He was strong, competent, very loud, forceful. He hated mascots, and he had no filter. He and Dan Patrick were great friends in Atlanta, and then Gary and Dan left for ESPN within months of each other, 1989-1990. This has been said of me, and so I say it of Gary with affection. He suffered no fools gladly. And though his elbows were always up, he made sure that 99% of the time when they bumped into somebody, that somebody had well deserved it. As near as I can piece together, Gary was doing the 11 p.m. Sports Center on Friday night, June 24th, 1994. Typically, Dan and I did the 11 Sunday through Thursday. The story of soccer's 1994 World Cup, at least in the first week, was a preponderance of player ejections, red cards handed them by the referee. In those days, the 11 p.m. Sports Center included a feature two or three minutes long on a story that had drummed up a lot of interest during the first show planning meeting around 3.30 p.m. It was a feature called Breakdown. It provided long-form analysis in the days when we didn't have a lot of that. Could be a coach getting fired. Could be the relative credentials of baseball Hall of Fame candidates. Could be one fantastic play in a game. Once we did a deadpan serious breakdown about injuries to mascots. A producer or the anchor himself would write the script. They would pre-record the narration, and then the producer would edit it. This is pre-digital. It was done tape to tape. It could take hours to edit it. And the key 
was to track it, to record that narration, which was done in a tiny wood-paneled room reeking of mildew that looked and smelled exactly like every suburban basement rec room in America circa October 1965. That's where Gary Miller found himself on the night of Friday, June 24, 1994, reading a script about soccer players from around the world, none of whose names he had ever seen before, let alone tried to pronounce. It was the soccer breakdown in all senses of the word. The raw tape, the original version of his tracking session for the script for Soccer Breakdown, is easily the most beloved bootleg in ESPN's history. In fact, it is so popular that there are several different cuts of this bootleg. People have sat down with the original tape, which runs nearly 20 minutes, and edited it down to only the best or worst parts. Now, I'm not going to say I have a copy of the original. I'm simply going to note that Dan Patrick ran it on his radio show in 2017 and posted the whole segment to YouTube. So, yeah, that's where I got my copy of it. Uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I'm going to annotate for you what happened. So let me present this to you in three segments. It did not start well for Gary, and it got worse from there. Although, Mr. Miller gave it its eternal title and life by going sibilant on the S for the word soccer. I'll note only one thing, the acronym of International Soccer's outfit, FIFA, uh, Gary, it's pronounced FIFA. Soccer breakdown in three, two, one. FIFA, soccer's governing body. Three, two, one. FIFA, soccer's three, two, one. The red card has become the calling card for this year's tournament. Seven ejections for uh, three, two, one. Witness Romania's Ian Bladiu against the Swiss is or through Christ. Ah, uh, but that was the easy part. Now in the script came the names of the World Cup stars who had been given red card ejections in the first week of the tournament. One was the 17-year-old star of the Cameroon team, Rigobert Song, often referred to by his full name, Rigobert Song Bahanog, or as it was said in the script, Rigobert Bahanog Song. Three, two, one. Cameroon's Rigoberg Bananyag. Three, two, one. Cameroon's Rigoberg Bayangang Zang Zada Da. Bayangang Song. Three, two, one. Cameroon's Rigoberg Banyangzong. <laughs> Bayan Yang Song, three, two, one. Three, two, one. By the way, Rigobert Song is now the manager of the Cameroon team. He's gone from being the youngest player in the World Cup history to get a red card to running his nation's team. I'll interject here that at the start of this final major clip, Gary Miller says to somebody who has clearly entered that tracking room that smelled of mildew, get out of here. Dan Patrick said... That was him. I think he's mistaken. It doesn't matter much, but there was no reason for Dan to have been there on a Friday night, especially if we were not doing the show. And also, there has never been a microphone ever that Dan has not spoken into. Anyway, we have already met Rigobert Bahanong's song. Now meet 
my guy, the Italian goalie, Gianluca Pagliuca. Two, get out of here. Two is guilty through it. Two, how long is this tape? Three, two, one, one, one. Cameroon's Rigoberg Banyan song prevented a breakaway from Brazil's Babeto. A oh, God Almighty, I hate soccer! Cameroon's Rigoberg Banyan Young song. I'm better try that one last bleep. time. Two, one. Cameroon's Rigoberg Banyan Young song. Oh, I hate this! Chalk up Bolivia's Luis Cristaldo for both on three, two, one. But the most notable red card of the tournament came when Italian goaltender Gianluca Pagliuca, 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 the mother, Bleep. three, two, one. But the flurry of red cards thus far has taught coaches and players alike to control their play if they'd like to control their fate in this tournament. Holy Bleep. That is all. The pronunciation of Rigobert's song's name is one thing. I was delighted by how furious Gary got at Gianluca Pagliuca of the Italian team and the expletive he used to describe him, which you may have just heard. In the days that followed, in fact, the Italian goalie's name became shorthand for me for that expletive in question. So for the next three years on SportsCenter, and after that on Fox Sports News, and then on my ESPN2 show and on Football Night in America, and then when I returned to SportsCenter in 2018, if you heard me say Gianluca Pagliuca while we were showing a player making an error or arguing with an umpire or official, I was actually implying that the player had just said uh, Gianluca Pagliuca. There's another punchline to this story, of course. The idea to do this soccer breakdown that so bedeviled Gary Miller, the story of red cards in the first week of the 1994 World Cup, the idea to do that came from Gary Miller. Never volunteer. I've never been convinced that Gary was really happy about his immortality, certainly not in the way my ESPN pal Steve Levy not so secretly glories in the day he once tried to say that a New England Patriots player had a bulging disc, but didn't quite get disc right. But Gary Miller has been a good sport about this through the end of his ESPN career in 2004 and afterwards in his days at Channel 2 and Channel 9 in Los Angeles and most recently at Channel 2 in Cincinnati. It isn't hard to understand why this tape is so famous and the pleasure derived from it so enduring. As John Cleese once said about the real-life hotel manager on whom he based his character from Faulty Towers, he had this wonderful bad temper. But there are two more things. One, this occurred exactly a week to the day after the O.J. Simpson car chase, and people forget now just how disturbing that was in an America, especially sports America, like at ESPN, that with the exception of a few of us who knew, nobody knew how rotten a human being O.J. Simpson was. So even a week later, we all needed this laugh, and Gary gave it to us. And even larger... The essence of soccer in every country in which it is played is that it always allows and encourages and even demands that its fans complain about it. And so, while we cherish soccer breakdown and three, two, one, and Rigobert Bahanong song and Babetto and Gianluca Pagliuca, 
To me, it is really about five words that anybody who hates the game will say, but there are also five words that any fan of the sport will certainly use at some point in his life. Possibly at some point today. And they are the five words with which I will leave you for now. Oh, God almighty, I hate soccer! Don't sleep on Bebeto. I've done all the damage I can do here. Thanks for listening. If you're not following or subscribed or whatever, please do so. In fact, stop a passerby on the street and get them to subscribe as well. Here are our credits. Most of the music, including our theme from Beethoven's Ninth, was arranged, produced, and performed by Brian Ray and John Philip Chanel. They are the Countdown Musical Directors. All orchestration and keyboards by John Philip Chanel. Guitars, bass, and drums by Brian Ray. Produced by TKO Brothers. Other Beethoven selections have been arranged and performed by No Horns Allowed. The sports music is the Olbermann theme from ESPN2, and it was written by Mitch Warren Davis, courtesy of ESPN Inc. Musical comments by Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever. And in light of Gary Miller's cameo here, our announcer today was Kenny Mayne. Everything else is pretty much my fault. So that's Countdown for this, the 687th day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government of the United States. Arrest him now while we still can. New episodes resume next week. Until then, I'm Keith Olbermann. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, good luck, and happy Thanksgiving. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances. Whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death, we all want to know what happened next. To find out, listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is 
finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.